It's very difficult for me to talk about Merwin when all I want to talk about is Freddie Mercury. And I have a feeling that... <laughs> Listen, I relate. <laughs> 90% of this podcast is going to be uh, me finding a way to bring this episode back to Freddie Mercury. <laughs> Welcome back to More Listen, guys, a bi-weekly podcast about BBC's Merlin, where we talk about the show, the fandom, the ships, the characters, and anything else to do with it. I'm Omotastic. And I'm Miss Snowfox. And today we are going to talk about another ship, and we are going to talk about Gwen slash Merlin, also known as Merwain. Woo! Woo! Unfortunately, we don't have guests for the day, despite our best efforts, but since we have to record this episode during the week, and time zones are a thing that exist, blasted things, we have to do this by ourselves. We hope that we can do it justice. Well, we both ship it, so it shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> I mean, you know, we both ship it, but we don't, like, we don't ship it as hardcore as other people do. That's true, but we you still know. will do our very best. <laughs> <laughs> but before we go into all of that, let's have some news. The Tumblr blog, The King's Chambers Group which is an exclusively Dom Arthur and Bottom Merlin Murther blog, has announced the prompts for the fest in February. Kings of Camelot, the Merlin King meme, could use more people who will fill prompts. They have plenty of prompts on the King meme, which is why they closed prompts for the moment, but barely anyone is filling them. If you've left a prompt there, consider creating a little something for one of the other prompts. And even if you haven't left a prompt there yourself, it pays to look through them and let yourself be inspired by the many offerings. Mirtha Daily is going to hold a little anniversary event on Tumblr during the week leading up to the anniversary of the finale of BBC's Merlin. For more information about the fest, as well as their daily prompts, check out Mirtha Daily on Tumblr. Last but not least, the Merlin fanthology called Resurrection has had a successful Kickstarter. If you're listening to this episode of Merlisten on the day that it first airs, or the day after, you should just about have time to secure yourself a copy of the fanthology. The book will be filled with fanfics and fan art from artists and writers across the fandom. Check them out on Tumblr on resurrection-anthology.tumblr.com. Awesome, that has been it for news, which brings us right down to talkbacks. And I think the first one is from Archaeologist D, and it was about our Gwen Morgana episode. We are quite behind on re- uh, commenting on these topics, by the way, guys. Apologies. Uh, but, but you guys are so amazing in leaving us feedback that, you know, this is why, you know, it's a yeah. bit of a backlog. But it means we'll have comments for you every week. So that's great. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it wasn't our Gwen and Morgana episode, and I think you, Rocks, have something you want to say to ArchD. Yes. Uh, so the comment, uh, ironically enough, was not about Gwen and Morgana. <laughs> <laughs> it was about Merlin and Morgana, and I can't remember uh, why. Uh, I, I, I have a feeling this comment was actually in comment to a talkback about the beginning of the end. So it's just like Merlinception all over again, and I love it. So there we go. Uh, And the comment goes, 
On whether they ever intended Morgana and Merlin to get together, I believe Colin was told not to be so flirty with Morgana's character in the episode where they introduced Mordred in the beginning of the end. So it sounded like they never wanted a Merlin-Morgana relationship, which I thought was would be an interesting pairing, but was not to be. Um, and I just was commenting saying, I remembered that being said in the commentary, like when they're talking about what if magic isn't something that you choose, what if it chooses you, and... Morgana being like why are you looking at me like that and apparently they were kind of told to tone it down just slightly which which I kind of get because it was very early days but the one thing I will say is like literally in episode one you have Merlin like gawking at her as he comes into her chamber so I feel like Merlin doesn't really do subtlety that well like in general but definitely not with ships like it wants you to know who the romantic ships are and who the romantic ships are not. And I feel like with Merlin and Morgana, they are kind of the Mirtha of the het ships because you really don't know like what their angle was. Like I genuinely in all seriousness have no idea what they were going for because their scenes are very like, even though textually they're friends and they're referred to as friends Again, like with Mirtha, they have all this imagery about darkness to her light, the hatred to her light, like all that kind of stuff that is, you know, links them together so, so strongly. And then, you know, especially I would say in season two, their scenes in The Nightmare Begins, I would say shot and treated very romantically, like the final scene between them where like, you know, um, he kind of, you know, shows up at her door and is like, my lady and all this kind of stuff. And I just... And even the fact that Arthur suspects that something's going on, like, I don't think you'd have that in there if you didn't want the audience to think that way about them. So I just don't know with them. Like, what do you think, Momo? I agree with you, actually. I I think they, like, someone making this show meant for Merlin Morgana to maybe be an option, or at least to keep the option open. And then they just dropped it. Yeah, I don't know. Why. I don't know why. And I know people were still shipping them like well into season three, like the whole hate thing was like a big thing for the for some shippers. But um, yeah, I just I find myself appreciating them a lot more with hindsight than I did while I was watching it. And I felt but yeah, it's a very confusing ship for me. And I would love to pick the brains of the creators to find out what their intention was there because mm. there you go um because obviously it's not the same thing as like arthur and morgana which definitely was a romantic ship that then was dropped like merlin and morgana was just kind of there on the edge it never really went anywhere but there we go well we shall never know guys <laughs> okay we had some comments far from Amphigori on Discord, and we will post the screen caps to that on our website. So, guys, don't you worry. You will get to see it. But also, join our Discord, because then we can talk about stuff. Anyway, Amphigori um, started listening a while ago, and I asked them whether they minded, you know, telling me what they thought. And this is what they said. One, I like listening to podcasts while I work. And with your banter, it feels like I'm in the conversation. Sometimes I'm arguing and swinging right there with you guys. Two, 
I love the character analysis. Like you guys bring up points that sometimes I haven't considered, and I'm like, ooh, never thought of that. And the statistics are great. Three, the accessibility of it really makes me want to guest on there. Like, I'm always thinking, nah, I don't have that much to say. And then I'm just chatting along with you, and I'm like, I could totally contribute. And I was worried, maybe I'd curse too much, but when you had Merlin Bunny on, I'm like, nope, I'm good. And four, lots of good POVs. Like bringing in your traveling convention experts like ArchD or your fem slash repre representers never feels one-sided. So, so much love. <laughs> so much love. Also, thank you for showing the statistics some love. At least Boo. I know I'm not the only one who likes them. <laughs> and honestly, like hearing that you feel like you're in the conversation is such a good response for us. And I mean... I'm assuming I'm speaking for Rox as well when I say this, that we are so happy to have received um, this feedback a couple of times now that, you know, a, a few people have said now that it's like they're in the conversation with us, that they catch themselves arguing back to uh, at us or, or giggling along when we start laughing. And uh, it's it's what I had hoped for that we would achieve this with the podcast because that's the kind of podcast that I enjoy listening to. Yes, like, and I think what I think is kind of the secret to this podcast for us and maybe what is making people respond really well to it is that I think, and I think it's obvious when, you know, and this is why you maybe feel so involved is we genuinely care about what we're talking about. Like, <laughs> even if we're talking about a topic we're not that interested in, just like, e even by extension that it's Merlin the show, we're always interested in this content. So, of course, we we sound interested and we sound engaged. So you're going to feel engaged. Like, if we were bored about, you know, what we're talking about, you're not going to feel as excited by it. So we're always really excited um about everything to do with Merlin so I think that's probably why you feel that way I will say though I'm clearly um well I'm I'm ashamed for myself because I thought I was the resident swearer on this podcast and I'm very <laughs> very frustrated that well, to, to, be, to be fair as far as I remember Amphigori started listening out of order I don't right. think that the ep that one of the episodes that Tori was on was the first one they listened to, but it was one of the first ones, probably. Also, Amph, um, you said that you're interested in um, being a guest, and yes, come be our guest. We've got an episode on, God, I hate pronouncing this word, uh, cinematography. Yes, And well special done. effects coming up um, sometime next year. So I remember you said that this is something you'd be interested in guesting for. So guest for it. Be Mama, guest, I don't think be you realize how much you're daring me to start singing when you use the words be our guest. That's because I, that's, that's, <laughs> I literally just started singing it. It's <laughs> just like, don't say those words. It's a, it's a big red button called no, <laughs> because I'm going to start singing in a French accent and you don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, something else um said is uh the following. I just want to vomit video ideas at rocks all day, every day. To which I want to do say, it. Exactly, do it. Rocks will love you for it. Please. <laughs> um, something else Amp said is that's one thing. Y'all should pluck yourselves a bit more at the end of the episode. Like 
if you want to see more of Rox's videos, check her out at and so on. I have no idea of her channel name because you never say it. <laughs> it's literally what Amphigori said. <laughs> oh, sorry, I thought that was what you were saying. No, like, no, as, as I, promo, I have no idea. No, I know what you. I know it's Magical Unicorn Twenty Two, and now everybody else knows what it is. But before that, no one knew what it is because you never mentioned it. And this is what Rox said. Uh, what? Sorry, what Amphigori said. I have no idea her channel name because you never say it. <laughs> I I'm I don't I'm not very good at like I know you're not, but I should make an effort to at least pluck you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um Amp had Amp had more comments about the episode in which we talked about early fix and Amp said that they were surprised to hear a mention of the tournament of champions. And they wish that it would make a comeback, but they're not sure that there are enough people. So at this point in time, let me plug this and give a shout out to everyone who is interested in bringing back the Tournament of Champions. You know, it just it just needs a couple of mods, probably, and a time slot in the year when you can actually do it. But, you know, you could always try to bring it back. And then Emp also had two fig wrecks for the early uh, fig episode. One of them is accidental memory in case of death. And I don't know right now by who it is, but I will find out and link it. And the other one is Knights of the Air, which is a World War II Battle of Britain fig by Riventhorn. And Amph, this is your reminder that you want to potfig that, and I think you should do it. Because then I will actually experience this fig. <laughs> <laughs> because I sure won't be reading it, but I would listen to it. I've heard of Accidental Memory, but I've never read it. But it's a title that I definitely recognize. It's, so. uh, it's uh, apparently a long fig, and it is. Um, it was one of the first long figs that Amphigori read in this fandom and that's why they thought of it so, nice yeah definitely so guys thank you so much for those comments as usual and you know we're just gonna be doing our usual pimping out all of our commenting channels for you so if you want to comment on our website it's melissa.prackerproductions.com and we get a lot of comments through there and we'll react to you there if you want to rate and comment on a, to us on iTunes, you can do that. We have yet to receive a rating, so maybe if you have two seconds, you could give us a hand there. Or you can reblog the entry on Tumblr where you found this post and leave us a comment in the tags or in the actual body of the post. That's also okay. Or send us an ask. We're Merlisten on Tumblr. Or you can tweet us at Merlisten as well. That is also available to you. Or like Momo said, we have a Discord channel where you can get involved in a more chatty environment and we can send you the invite link should you want to do that. Yes, and you can also email us at merlisten.podcast at gmail.com. There you go. There we are. Awesome. So we look forward to hearing from all of you, literally all of you. Like how many how many followers do we actually have on Tumblr? 400 and something 400 and something definitely so i don't understand why we don't have 400 comments every day please don't wish week. it upon us Momo. <laughs> we actually have 428 followers so thank you to all 428 of you 
Um, please, all of you comment, but maybe not at the same time, because then we will never catch up on comments. <laughs> I don't know. Work out a schedule amongst yourselves on who gets to comment on what when. <laughs> so now for the actual topic of the episode, which is Merlin and Gwen in a romantic and or sexual relationship. Yay. So I mentioned it in the beginning. Their ship name and fandom is Merwain, but I've also seen Merguain. And I've also seen, I kid you not, Gwerlin. No. Yes, I, I have seen that. No, I know, I'm just I'm just I'm just, just expressing I know, my distaste. I know, it's terrible, but I have seen it. It's just like Arlen for Merther. You guys should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> It's just it's just being difficult for the sake of nothing. <laughs> so, oh, I... Rox, when did you start shipping that? Um so if my memory serves me correctly, and it doesn't always, but <laughs> um when we first had Gwen appear in uh season three, episode four, I obviously fell in love with him straight away, as did most people. And um, I don't think I was expecting him to bond so well with Merlin, even though we did see in the promo that they were going to be, you know, spending some time with one another. But, you know, maybe it's my own kind of prejudices, but, you know, the kind of guy they got to play him and, you know, the look he had, you didn't really think he was going to be soft and good, you know, <laughs> so it was kind of. Um, and I was a big fan of Merlin Lancelot. Like I, I ship it a lot less nowadays because uh, there's just too much to ship. But uh, I was a big fan of the Merlin Lancelot ship because Lancelot was so good to Merlin and it was just like adorable. And then kind of when Merlin and Gwen started like interacting, I started seeing a lot of like stuff on Tumblr. Or, or like, well, actually, no, then it was LJ, let's be honest, and stuff like that and people talking about it. And I just kind of like... And also, let's be honest, I think a lot of people started shipping Merlin and Gwen, myself included, because Arthur was just so awful to Merlin in season three, especially in the first half of season three, that seeing someone be so kind to him was just, it was like crack. Like you couldn't help but ship it because Merlin was smiling <laughs> like it was so good. And um, yeah, so I think, but I, I think I ship it a lot more now than I like I did definitely yeah. quite a bit then but I actually would argue in fandoms in general it's much easier to multi-ship in hindsight than it is while something's airing that's my yes. theory anyway like I yes. ship so like or at least I have an empathy or an interest in so many more ships than I did when the show was airing because you know you're ve you know it's like you're like a lioness about your OTP it's like no don't touch it to stop blowing holes in my ship <laughs> like just stop so um yeah, yeah. i definitely appreciate I, it i definitely evolve into a multi-shipper the longer i am in a fandom so i like i usually start out with one otp two at the very most usually it's really just a one and then as time goes on i develop several ships even for the same character but yeah i i definitely i agree with that like I, i'm pretty sure that like everybody else who knows uh how to wear shipping or slash goggles saw the potential in merwain 
right from the start because how could you not? <laughs> Literally, how could you not? <laughs> Gawain is almost naked in Merlin's bed. I mean, <laughs> it's just like could it perfect. be any more obvious? And um, but I think that I and this just dawned on me. I don't think I really started like being interested in the pair like interested in content like finding content for them until i listened to intended yeah (laughs) (laughs) because i mean we have mentioned this fake several times we i know we talked about this on the gwayne uh episode of this podcast but intended in intended which is endgame murther um with a pining author throughout the entire story, basically, but it's from Merlin's point of view. And Merlin has an eight-month relationship with Gwen, and they are actually in love with each other, but because they're both oblivious, ridiculously stupid boys, they break up. <laughs> and then Merlin is free to get together with Arthur, which I know was a big pet peeve for for Gwen fans, but honestly... I th- or, or especially Merwain fans, but I think this is one of the very few fix in which this was handled well. Of course in, it was. In, in which I don't mind that it went this way, but at the same time, I also didn't want them to break up. <laughs> <laughs> and I think this is when I, and this was like three years ago that I listened to this, and um, I think that was the point where I was like, I need more content for Merwain. Not that I started looking for it because I was still I was still like neck deep in Merthyr at the time and I was really ready to read other pairings. But that was when I was like, yes, this is definitely a possibility. I'm sure I will explore this at some point in the future. This point now has arrived. <laughs> <laughs> like now in 2018, this point has arrived. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think that the the evolution of shipping Merwain kind of was very much like a flash in the pan for me. And then I'm only just really kind of getting back into it now because, I mean, we'll get into this, but season four and five, and we discussed this in our Gwen character episode, but Gwen was a very much a background character and their relationship was much more background. In season three, we had a lot more really good content like Merwain content that you could really sink your teeth into but I mean of course I mean I remember vidding Merlin and Gwen pretty much immediately after Gwen aired so I know I must have had like an inkling for the ship like an affection for it um I mean the thing is obviously it was never going to be my OTP because like Martha <laughs> but it's one of those things where it <sighs> my shipping experience with Merwain is this I know that it is the healthier, more functional relationship had like had it been romantic. However, it just maybe goes to show the kind of person I am that I choose the unhealthy, codependent, <laughs> dysfunctional <laughs> relationship that is Martha because it's just they are they need to be together and like I I in an ideal world, if they weren't there, yeah, Merlin and Gwen are perfect for each other. But it, but it just doesn't work because there's Arthur, and that just sometimes happens in real life, doesn't it? Like even with real people, like you're like, but you should be with this person. They're so much better for you, and you're like, 
but no, because feelings. <laughs> it's because just feelings. like because feelings that are misplaced in a person that maybe isn't isn't always good to you, but it's like you know the soulmate thing. It's just annoying. But yeah, yeah. so that's how I feel about the shipping aspect. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, they are so good. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the things that we don't like about the ship in how it is portrayed in I mean obviously it's not portrayed as a romantic relationship in canon but just their relationship whatever it is in canon what isn't we there don't... a thing though like wasn't there an interview or is this just basically like made up by the fandom because I keep seeing things on Tumblr where apparently Owen played Gwen as if he was in love with Merlin I don't know I've never seen this I've never heard of this Yes, but someone that doesn't, will... that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist because it's Owen. I would totally believe if Owen had said this. Like someone, like I've seen this on Tumblr, and it could just be one of those things that has literally just been made up, and now it's perpetuated as fact. But I'm pretty sure I read this, so I don't know if there's some truth to that. And let's be honest, like I know that it's like you know this show is quite like homosocial and stuff, but. You know, Gwen literally leaves a girl to go and help out his friend. And I'm like, no, <laughs> like, no, you're not. <laughs> um, but you've got some thoughts about your yeah. maybe the I mean, slightly my, negative. My, my main thing is actually, and I don't remember. Um, there There is one scene. I don't remember what episode it is, but it must be. Well, it must be season four or five. Um but there is there are like moments when Merlin is a complete dick to Gwen because Merlin is hyper focused on Arthur and on fulfilling his destiny and he doesn't really look left or right to whom he may be hurting while he follows the path that has been set out for him and it's just those moments break my heart I'm just like Merlin Please, Gwen has never done anything to you except support and love you. Why are you being a dick to him? Um, but yeah, it's just this just goes hand in hand with my theory that Merlin did have a crush on Gwen, but didn't really know how to deal with this, and maybe also felt like Gwen probably had more feelings for him in return. And Merlin just was super awkward about this because he just did not know what to do with all of this. Especially because he was still so hyper-focused on Arthur and just like, no no time for anything but fulfilling destiny. Yeah, um, I think I had the same reaction when I started seeing... Um, see, like, I think the, f- the first time we see Merlin be quite cruel to Gwen is in A Servant of Two Masters, but he's under Morgana's influence then, and yeah. he's like... Uh, like Gwen's trying to pinch food from him and he's like no like you know it's not for you then at the same time this is the kind of food he wanted to give to Arthur to kill him so you know so yeah like I mean there are many theories about Merlin in this episode like anything he does in this episode is uh, basically Morgana Morgana's brainwashing so anything he says or does is not actually he himself it's someone else so when he's cruel to Gwen or someone, it's not actually him being cruel. It's it's Morgana being cruel. Of but course, al- yeah. But also there is also the th- at the same time there's a theory that um, 
because Merlin has magic, of which Morgana doesn't know anything, that Merlin's magic is like subconsciously trying to stop Merlin from actually killing Arthur because he failed several times several times at it and then maybe i mean if this you know if this is your theory if this is your headcanon and i'm i'm ready to accept it then you know subconsciously merlin stopped Gwen from pinching food because he didn't want Gwen to die oh yeah i love that because could have just been like i don't care i'm my my goal is to kill arthur anyone else be damned but no He's very adamant that Gwen not eat any of Arthur's food because Merlin had poisoned the food. Yeah, I like that. That's that. Yeah, I accept that headcanon <laughs> for sure because <laughs> it's cute. Um, I think yeah, it's it's season five when we really get hyper focused Merlin and his. Um, it's but I. I don't know. Uh, again, I just don't really watch season five. I'm such a fake fan um, because I wish I could remember, but I'm almost certain there is a scene, like you said, Momo, where he does behave like like, like he's quite bitchy towards him. But the majority of the time, he's just kind of absent. Like, he, yeah. you know, in in season three, he's really present and, you know, kind of although. All right. I will say this. I feel like maybe if you're to if you're looking at it from the point of view that we are, which is like this unrequited romantic love rather than what they were kind of trying to do on the show, which was this best buddies kind of thing. Like, you know, he's really, really interested in Gwen and stuff and friendly with him in Ep four. And then in Ep eight slash ten, whatever you want to call it, yeah. um, there's this interesting moment between them by the fire where um, you know, oh, yeah. it's like same same reason you are help a friend and i think that merlin's response is very telling because i think he knows exactly what Gwen's talking about and, and he just deflects his comment by going oh arthur's lucky to have us and yeah. it's like i think by that point he already knows that there's an imbalance here and maybe yeah. because we have these time jumps we're just seeing merlin kind of doing what truthfully i would do the same and have done the same if you're in a situation like that and just distance yourself even though it kind of makes you a dick yeah. so maybe that's what's going on like he kind of can see what's happening yeah. and he's like i can't i can't let this continue if we're talking about it in the non-real sense of romance which yeah. i wish it yeah. was but you know yeah i just thought of another thing that i didn't like um oh yeah the other thing I don't like, which is not like anything the characters actively did, it's it's uh, I 100% blame the writers. Gwen never found out about Merlin's magic. Why? Yeah. Why did Gwen never find out about Merlin's magic? <laughs> I have a feeling like they probably wrote this in somewhere maybe even in the finale two-parter and then had to cut it for time because notice how Gwen finds out on her own obviously she never confronts Merlin about it but she finds out who's an important character Arthur obviously finds out Morgana finds out in ep 12 and yeah Gwen doesn't and yet he is important in Merlin's life and is important in the finale because he dies by trying to help Merlin and, and especially sorry for interrupting that's no, okay but especially after um, Darkest Hour Part 2, after Lancelot, well, disappeared. And, uh, you know, Merlin, Lancelot was 
Merlin's only friend in Camelot, apart from Gaius, who knew about Merlin's magic, with whom he could share everything, with whom he didn't have to hide any part of himself. And then Merlin lost that at the beginning of season four. And then he never had any substitute for that like he never had anyone to take that role and i feel like Gwen would have the the very obvious natural choice to fill that role but for yeah. some reason the fucking writers never went for it yeah but i yeah but there's something in me that thinks that they cut something mm. with that in mind because uh notice how they have this whole sub like well you know this f plot and the Diamond of the Day Part 2, where Percival runs off to get revenge for Gwen's death, and we see him riding to Morgana, and then we never see him after that. So that whole subplot was cut. And we already know that they extended the episode uh, by a couple of minutes. Like The BBC allowed them to have it a couple of minutes longer than it should have been. I think there probably was a resolution there that they just had to cut for time because it wasn't as important as the Merlin and Arthur story. Which, you know, you can understand, and I would rather have Merlin and Arthur's story resolved the way it was than have Gwen find out. Like, if I had to choose, I would rather have the resolution yeah. there. But it's a shame they didn't do it earlier. <laughs> that would have made it, more it sense. It could have been, honestly, they could have squeezed it in at some point in season four. I mean, there there would have been time. I'm sure they would have found a couple of minutes in one episode or even across several episodes in which Gwen watches Merlin do magic and then confronts him about it and then is increasingly worried because Merlin doesn't really bother to hide anything and one day he will get his head chopped off. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I'm trying to think if there's anything that I really don't like. I mean, yeah, like you said, just that kind of imbalance and it's weird because I really like unrequited love stories, but I only like them when they end happy. And this is kind of one of those situations where it's actually, again, they never, I, I don't know if they really wanted it to play out like this unrequited love story, but it feels a bit too real to me. Like the way it's done with this whole, yeah, we're friends, right? And then one of them feeling yeah. something more and then the gradual, like, distancing but mm. Gwen still willing to do everything and never getting over it and I'm just like oh that feels very very real even though you guys might not have meant to do it like that and yeah. it's just so painful to watch in it I mean in a good way and a bad way because I mean what else are they going to do I think um Merlin's distancing from Gwen only helps to kind of shape his character for the final push of the show he needed to be like that right otherwise it wouldn't have worked with this kind of you know looming doom that he was facing i don't know it's still i feel like it still could have it still could have worked honestly but yeah I mean, do you feel like if Gwen had known about Merlin's magic, it wouldn't have eased that burden and then season five might have turned out very differently and that's not the story they wanted to tell, was it? Like... I don't I don't know. I think that even if Gwen knew about Merlin's magic, I don't think Merlin would have strayed very far from the path he was on because 
I mean, depends on when his magic had been revealed to to Gwen, obviously. But I still feel like that Merlin had many years of brainwashing from the basement lizard under his belt and also from basically every magic personal creature he ever met who told him that he had a great destiny and blah 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 i think merlin reached a point probably somewhere around season four where he was where he was set on this path and not much was able to stray him from it yeah so i don't i don't think and i don't think like narratively it would have made sense to reveal merlin's magic to Gwen mid-season four after lancelot's death and and so on and so forth like somewhere in mid-season four probably but at that point i think merlin was like he would have happily accepted someone knowing about his secret and accepting Gwen's support and friendship but I don't think he would have let Gwen influence his decisions that much. Even at, like I don't think Merlin shared much with Lancelot in the regard of what his destiny entailed and what he might have to do in order to get off the where he's supposed to go. I don't think they ever like. I mean, obviously we never saw it on screen, so yeah, this is just um, this is just assumption I'm working off here, but like. We didn't receive any indication that Merlin ever told Lancelot about his destiny, for example. So why would he tell Gwen, even if Gwen knew about his magic? Yeah, that's true. I guess my only kind of thought would have been, I feel like Merlin was different with Gwen. Like, like I always felt that Gwen brought out, he brought out this carefree side of Merlin that I don't, I didn't see yeah. with Lancelot and I love Merlin and Lancelot, but Lancelot is very brooding. Lancelot is a very broody boy and he is not really a fun loving guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, he is not. I, that is very true. I, I would die for this man, but he is not the one to, uh, you know, uh, jump into a hay bale with Merlin <laughs> from a great height. <laughs> um, so I feel like perhaps with if it had been Gwen who knew his magic, maybe because of his personality, Merlin would have felt more at ease to discuss it. But I also feel like there's perhaps the reason why Merlin and Lancelot didn't really talk much about what was going on for both of them in season four was because they there was the awkwardness between them with, you know, Merlin feeling like he was caught in the middle between the whole arthur lancelot gwen thing and lancelot feeling the same like he didn't really want to put merlin in a weird position because he kind of knew what had been going on but didn't like in that scene between them where he's like oh do you still think about her and i'm like oh did you guys never talk about it like they clearly haven't been talking much and i don't know if that's the reason because lancelot was so kind of there and then not there and there's a lot of Mm -hmm. history there whereas gwen like yeah he did disappear between ep four and ep eight but then he's been there the whole time since then so maybe yeah. it would have been a little bit different i don't know also yeah. i feel like Gwen's the kind of person who again lancelot is very much like big gestures and brooding speeches mm-hmm. i think Gwen's the kind of guy like you can't help but 
tell him things you know yeah he's just so kind and like merlin like i said is always smiling around him and we've never seen him so carefree as he is in that scene where he picks him up in that tavern and then they run through the marketplace like trashing everything up like i think maybe he would have just felt carefree like even you know imagine merlin talking to Gwen about the Mordred situation, or maybe if Gwen knew about Merlin's magic, he would probe him more for stuff. And then Merlin could ask him for advice if like it got to the point where he couldn't keep it in anymore. And then Gwen maybe would say, okay, look, I think maybe you shouldn't do this. And maybe things would have ended differently. I don't know. know. It's (laughs) it's sad. Yeah. But this already segued us sort of into what we like about the shipping canon, because we, well, you mentioned how Merlin always smiles around Gwen, how Merlin is more carefree around Gwen. And my like my notes are literally Gwen is so soft around Merlin. And soft Merlin, boy. And Merlin could be soft around Gwen and they trust and support each other. Like yes. I mean Merlin obviously only trusts him to a certain point because he doesn't tell him about his magic. Um but overall, like Mer- Gwen is the one he asks to come with him when Merlin has no magic. He asks Gwen to escort him to the cave where he can regain his magic. Like, that says something. He could have asked literally anyone, but he asked Gwen. Yes. Uh, just Gwen. <laughs> just, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be repeating myself, but just protect him at all costs. <laughs> He just needs to be protected from the world and from his own feelings, um, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, pain. <laughs> um, I love everything about their dynamic. It's one of those things that, again, it just doesn't feel like it would work. Like you've got this ruffian or what seems like a ruffian. And I mean, he is a little bit like, you know, he's definitely rough around the edges. He's not, you know a guy to play by the rules he's the guy that will break the rules to do the right thing which you know is um again the polar opposite of lancelot in a way um who hates breaking the rules and i think that it just it worked so well like when they met their chemistry was amazing and you wouldn't think that someone like merlin would even be on Gwen's radar like just this kind of like who seems like such a good boy like you know neckerchief you know like you know cute face like a little bit scared and yet somehow he just decided i this this boy will be mine (laughs) i will i will make sure nothing happens to him and um it is kind of like the rapunzel and flynn rider dynamic like it really is um even though Gwen is much nicer to merlin than flynn was to rapunzel (laughs) um do you not think they have a similar thing going on there? No, I, I don't. I do. I do. Like, I can definitely see Gwen as Flynn. And I know we talked about this, these similarities in the Gwen episode. Yeah. Like, I know you meant you brought them up then. He looks so similar to Flynn Rider. It's <laughs> unbelievable. Um, and I feel like, you know, it's very weird because I think this this is a ship that. I think it's almost impossible to discuss Merwain without talking about Mertha because I feel like the success of their dynamic is so impacted by, like I said, the really awful things they were doing with Martha in season two. I don't think it would have been as good if Arthur had been soft Arthur that he is in season five, because 
um, you know, so many people at the time already shipped Martha. And so I feel like if Arthur had been, you know, because if Arthur had already been kind and good, I just think that, you know, it wouldn't have really impacted the same way. And Gwen just comes in and he's just a breath of fresh air. Like I said, he's making jokes and he's being sweet and he's actually like thinking about others, a.k.a. Merlin. <laughs> and he's um incredibly giving. And Arthur is not. <laughs> not then, anyway. Um, Do you think it would have had the same impact, especially in the episode Gwen had Arthur been you know good and kind like he is in season five I, I find these questions difficult because Gwen is still a diff, a very different character from from Arthur like even if Arthur had been nicer in season three then Gwen would still be a very different character like Gwen I don't know I th I think yes I still I, th I think it still would have had an impact mm -hmm. because Gwen is still a fundamentally different character from Arthur. Yeah, I feel so. I think maybe it's because like even if Arthur had been like kind, they have much more of like a brooding, staring dynamic. <laughs> Whereas the, like the thing with Arthur is just that. Merlin obviously has much more history with Arthur and Merlin knows that Arthur can be kind and so yeah so that's you know it's not even a hypothetical thing Merlin has seen Arthur be kind he has experienced Arthur being soft so yeah. it's it's Merlin knows all these character traits of Arthur and he also knows that Arthur can be kind of a butt honestly and and that doesn't change even in season five when we have prime soft Arthur, he still can be a bit of a dick to yeah. Merlin, you know, and it's just, it's just that at that point, it's just part of their dynamic at that point, um, after almost a decade of knowing each other, uh, yeah. or what, however long it was supposed fuck to be. Fuck no. <laughs> fuck knows. I don't, I don't know. Might've been less, but still uh... a long time. Anyway, um, it's yeah. So after three years oh, or three seasons of knowing Arthur, even if Arthur had been nicer overall in season three, it's Gwen still would have been uh, a breath of fresh air because he still is very different and he is new and we don't know how he's gonna be if or when he drops the facade of happy-go-lucky ruffian. You know, I'm trying to figure out what word I'm looking for in English because I only know it in, in German. But it's uh, just the kind of, well, the kind of man he is, you know, a bit, a yeah. bit dangerous, but also exciting and also trustworthy. Like dangerous, yes, but also you want to spend time with him, you know, like this. Yeah, kind you of, trust him, you know, yeah, you know, he'll like, look after you. He's, he's like a cool pirate, basically. <laughs> so. yeah he's 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 almost too kind like the kind of character he is it's almost like they don't really exist like he's too good like he's too good <laughs> of a person to also have all those other traits do you know what i mean like he shouldn't be that kind and i don't understand how he can exist 
<laughs> like um magic. I just magic put him together just for Merlin. <laughs> <laughs> it's really weird because like I feel as though Merlin and Gwen are actually really similar. Like Merlin and Arthur have a lot of similarities in the sense of like how much they both slither in out sometimes. Like they're just like when when the chips are down, those snakes come out like they are so much like protect 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 but Arthur has this really weird thing where he won't talk about how he feels and he'll do things but he like won't draw attention to them like you know he'll show up in the yield or you know like randomly and then never discuss it like it's normal for him to be there <laughs> whereas Gwen will just outright do things but like they be very expressful about why he's doing them you know it's like you know i want to protect merlin or you know i'm here to help a friend and merlin's trying to deflect and he's like screw that you know he's like no you're the only friend i've got and merlin as we've discussed is very feeling he's a very feeling character and he's very good at expressing his emotions and i think that that's probably their greatest similarities like even though merlin's not a ruffian he's not you know um Flynn Rider <laughs> he is very much I think that's where they kind of did bond and I think that Gwen really brings out that playful side to him that he you know he's got a really hard life <laughs> Merlin <laughs> he really has a lot going on and I think that meeting Gwen like if Arthur had you know maybe not been in the picture or something I think it would have just really helped him had he you know kind of accepted that relationship a little bit more because like we said he smiles so much when he's around him it's just so adorable and i just feel like i'm trying to think though what merlin gives gwain like in terms of you know because like we said gwain brings merlin out of his shell a little bit more he's cheerful and less uptight about the whole destiny thing but what does merlin really do for Gwen do you think well i think for Gwen it went a lot like it goes for you with boys you like he sees merlin and he's like must protect at all costs yes <laughs> so i feel like and i i think for Gwen it it i feel like for Gwen it is essential to the kind of man he is that at the point in time when he meets Merlin, you know, he's drunk off his butt in a, in a tavern somewhere in the middle of nowhere. And, um, I mean, obviously we don't know anything about Gwen, like, apart from what he tells us, but we don't know much about how Gwen's life was, how his emotional state was. But I would assume that Gwen met Merlin at a point in time in his life when he didn't really see the point of anything in anything anymore. And then to meet this vibrant boy or young man who just, I don't know, who stood by Gwen in a bar fight. I mean, okay, Merlin and Arthur caused the bar fight, but then they didn't flee. They, they stayed to fight in the bar fight. Uh, alongside Gwen, and then the next thing Gwen knows is he wakes up in this boy's bed because of because apparently this boy felt indebted to him and took him home 
and treated his wounds and gave him a place to sleep. Probably even gave him a sponge bath because I'm sure Gwen stank like the entire tavern. And it's just Gwen is wakes up and realizes, fuck my life, there is someone who has known me for all of five seconds and he cares about what happens to me. I will be loyal to this man until the day I die. Unless he proves himself to be a complete and utter arse. And I think that's that's what Merlin gives him. He gives him hope and he gives him a purpose in life. I think that's that's what, what Merlin does for Wayne. He gives him he gives him something to live for. That is just so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it's and... also slightly it's also slightly, you know, uh, dysfunctional and codependent, but at the same time I feel like that's you know, why I it, love it. I think it's still <laughs> like... I think it's still a better love story than Twilight at the very least, but I still think it's more healthy than what Merlin and Arthur have throughout the show, so there you I go. I mean, Momo, like I said on many occasions, as soon as you started going down the unhealthy route, I was hooked. <laughs> as soon as you started talking about people having reasons to live for one another, I was like, this this is what I'm missing from this ship. <laughs> Now you have but, it. You're welcome. <laughs> I mean, look, no one wants an ordinary kind of love. No one wants that. <laughs> but I also think, like, outside of that, I also think that, um, obviously, as they, as they get to know each other better, like, even after Gwen presents Merlin with a horrendous bill for the tavern and all kinds of other shenanigans and trouble that he got Merlin into... Merlin still wants to be his friend and Merlin still uh wants to be around Gwen and and let Gwen like he doesn't ask Gwen to change himself. The only thing he asks of Gwen is to consider that maybe Arthur isn't as bad as Gwen initially thought. That's the only thing in in season three, episode four. That's the only thing Merlin asks of Gwen. He doesn't expect Gwen to change. He shows faith in Gwen the entire time. And it's just I think I think that's what what Gwen sees in Merlin. He sees a friend, his only friend, <laughs> um, who doesn't... Ex- I, and I think that's the reason why Gwen says Merlin is his only friend, because since, like, Gwen... Merlin is the only person he has met who didn't have expectations of Gwen, who didn't expect him to, to be a certain way. Merlin just takes him how he is, and Gwen values that. I think you're so right, and I think that there's something really telling about the scene where Gwen leaves, and you know, um, he says, "I never stay in one place for too long. People get sick of me too quickly." And Merlin says, "I didn't." And I think exactly. that yeah. that you know, yeah, it's like Gwen is so used to people probably just leaving him, and not not only did Merlin not want him to change, but he didn't want him to go he wants him around and continued to show that he wanted like he sought him out in eye of the phoenix and i just feel like you know Gwen has so many things that he could improve on like the drinking and everything and like you know maybe that you know this is kind of you know kind of reflecting on my own life a bit but i think this is why i find this so touching is because like you know i have friends like Gwen who are very uh you know love life and drink a lot and you know uh uh 
indulge in a bit of life anesthesia <laughs> and uh it's kind of you know i'm i'm not like that like i do like a drink i do like to party but by anyone's standards i am a quote-unquote good girl like i'm not really like i don't live life on the edge at all um and i think that when i first met these people i was like oh gosh i don't know like this seems a little bit like out of my comfort zone and as you get older you just kind of realize oh my goodness like these people are so good like their hearts are in such a right place it does like 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 all this other stuff it doesn't fucking matter like none of it actually matters that you know they might enjoy things a bit too much and you really learn to literally just accept them as they are and once you do that people really respond to that and they will love you for it and i think that's exactly kind of what's going on here it's that you know acceptance and yeah i think you completely hit the nail on the head with that how he just doesn't want him to change and he wants him to stay because he livened the place up because merlin's life is kind of miserable <laughs> and it's just really really sweet <laughs> it's so amazing um and yeah i think that the fact that Gwen is still so sweet to him even after you know merlin is kind of a bit distant is so heartbreaking but so wonderful at the same time i really wish that we'd had more Gwen in the darkest hour like when merlin gets killed basically or nearly killed and i'm like i just i just realized now as i'm talking about it that we don't really get much reaction from him like because there's a lot of obviously arthur's reaction and lancelot is the one that ends up taking him and i'm actually i mean i guess lancelot was so adamant to volunteer because he knows that merlin has magic and if anything happens he can you know <laughs> it will be safe but i'm surprised we didn't get more Gwen reaction considering how close they were in season three sorry to whose death Merlin, well, not Merlin dying, but Merlin nearly being killed by the Duraka. Oh, okay. Well, that is just that is just shoddy writing. Like, have you have you watched season four and five and seen how Gwen was characterized most of the time? He was reduced to background comedic talent. Like that is yeah. mostly what Gwen is, except for those rare occasions. Like, I mean, in uh, *Servant of Two Masters*. He has the scene where he and Arthur are riding out and Gwen is just uh, basically talking Arthur's ear off about how amazing Merlin is. Um, that's a non-comedic moment I can think of. And then in season five, in Our Darkest Hour Part 1 and 2, he is not comedic. But overall, Gwen has been reduced to comedic background character in season four and five. I'm not surprised they didn't actually give him, you know, strong emotional reactions to Merlin nearly dying at the beginning of season four. I'm just, I'm just yeah. bitter about it. it. It's such a shame, especially since like the one thing I love about Gwen as a character. And again, it doesn't really make any sense. And I kind of want backstory as to why he's so emotionally healthy because like, you know, and I have the Phoenix when Arthur kind of pats Merlin on the shoulder when he finds him on the other side of that wall. Gwen kind of side eyes Arthur and he's like, fuck that. And he like, you know, gives Merlin a hug because because he can. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, how did he become so emotionally healthy being the way that he is and having the past that he has? I don't understand. It. Honestly, I, I mean, think, I think Gwen does it out of spite. He's just like, fuck that. I'm not going to let my past define me. I'm going to live life to the fullest, and that includes hugging the people that I like when I want to hug them. <laughs> I just, 
love how much he dotes on Merlin, though. Like, he will just do anything for him. And I can't even describe how that makes me feel. It's yeah. just, like, so sweet and soft. Oh, they really, it's, oh, they just is... did them dirty in this season, in this show, honestly. So unfair. Like, Wayne is actually such a soft character. And it's just, um, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about Gwen in fandom versus in canon. Because I feel like Gwen is one of the characters who is most different in fandom in his characterization than he is in canon. Like, things I've seen in fandom is Gwen as a playboy and womanizer or just, you know, (laughs) man-eater. And I feel like in canon, he's not. Like, I mean, yes, he flirted with Gwen once and then dropped it when she rejected him. And after that, he only shows interest in uh, Ira or whatever, however her name is pronounced, at the end of season five. And, like, either I don't remember more of his, um, of his womanizing playboy ways or comments that he might have made. But I feel like Gwen on the show isn't actually such a playboy. Like, he drinks. Yes, definitely, he drinks. But, like, talk about women that much, does he? No, I think that the Gwen thing is probably what that got picked up from. And also because it's very easy to cast him in that light. And I think, had the show been uh, for an older audience, I would be very surprised if he didn't have that in him. But not Mm. in the way, like, the thing about Gwen is that he is basically like Joey Tribbiani. Like, he is respectful and kind and soft. And he'll make sure you have pancakes in the morning, you know? But he'll still do it. And he still won't date you. (laughs) Like, so I think that it's... Had we had a slightly older demographic for the show... And, I mean, like I said, I still cannot believe that they implied that him and Aero did stuff. Because that is just, like... Think of season one Merlin doing that. Like I can't get my head around <laughs> the fact. Like I was, I was just like I was covering my own eyes. <laughs> I couldn't believe it was happening. Uh, Illusions just too so much. Oh my god. <laughs> In Merlin, uh huh. And I think it says a lot that the only explicit illusions we have are with Gwen, and I think that probably also is why we consider him that way because. You know, mm. nobody else has that aspect to them. Like, not right. not even one. You know, like we don't really see. Like, yeah. Arthur I mean, Arthur, Arthur, and, Arthur and Gwen's implied sex scene got cut. Where, yeah, where he where he throws her on the bed like that that got cut right. That's a deleted scene. It's not deleted. It just like because it's not a deleted scene. Like literally. It's just we cut like instead of us seeing him throw her on the bed, it just cuts back to Colin. And then the shot after that just wasn't included. It's not really a cut scene. But like, I think that the implication is still very clear, even without the final shot mm-hmm. of him throwing her okay. on the bed. Like all we see is them walking and her giggling with that <laughs> or whatever. And then like whatever happens, happens. But um, okay. it's definitely not as explicitly state like implied as what happens in Queen getting um, dressed yeah it's <laughs> Queen getting dressed afterwards um, i mean let's i mean i, I uh, yeah um, um, yeah, yeah. um but yeah i mean i mean he'll still be lovely soft Gwen 
Or not so soft. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. I have been waiting for 30 minutes to make that joke. <laughs> Cause you kept being like, oh, like him and Merlin are so soft together. And I'm like, no, they're not. <laughs> If they I are, meant emotionally soft. Off. I meant emotionally soft. I shall clarify in the future yes. that I mean emotionally soft. Like it because it when you say that a character, like if I say, "Oh, Gwen is so soft," like it doesn't make me laugh. But when you t- but when you talk about it in the context of someone and another person, I can't. It's like I think earlier on you were like, "Merlin knows that Arthur can be soft." I'm like, oh. <laughs> like just laughing. <laughs> Because no, once it brings another person, into it, you're you're like, ten oh. years old. I I know you're ten years old. It's oh my god. So anyway, what other differences do we notice about Gwen and Kenan versus Gwen and Phantom? Are there are there any more? Um, I feel like, like like I feel like this is for me. This is the biggest difference for me because mm. I he's I think we see him as sort of wild carefree not ready to that that's one thing i have seen characterizations where it's like wayne is not ready for a relationship or wayne um is a free spirit and doesn't want to you know doesn't that's tied in with being a playboy you know doesn't want to be tied to just one person i'm just like i don't see that because he was I feel like he was very ready to be tied to Merlin, and then also in season five, very ready to be tied to Ira before he realized that she betrayed him. Like, mm. <laughs> like he was spilling state secrets within five minutes of meeting the woman because he was like, "Oh yeah, she mine." Yeah, like, that I feel is like Wayne Wayne actually commits very quickly and very fiercely to people. And then doesn't let go. And then when, once he's committed, he's committed. Uh, I see so much of myself in this guy. It's really <laughs> depressing. <laughs> it's actually disgusting how, uh, yeah, it's just really bad. <laughs> like, what, like I say, once I decide someone must be protected, they will be protected at all costs for the rest of my life. <laughs> Whether they want to or not. Whether they want to or not, and most of the time they don't, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you're right about that. And I, I wonder what the whole thing was with Gwen uh, and Gwen, like in, in Ep 4, like why they even included that. If it was just it to. It was just to make Arthur jealous. Like, it was literally just to make Arthur jealous, let's be real. There is this, I mentioned this fic before. Um, uh, but I forgot the title right now. It's a fic that is set after season three, or like at least after the episode Gwen, where it's a crack fic, and Gwen and Lancelot meet somewhere not Camelot because they're both banished from Camelot, <laughs> and they meet somewhere fighting some sort of some sort of beast, and they both shout for the Lady Guinevere. And that's how they realize that they have a common interest, <laughs> and then they go off to, f- and then they go off to fight monsters together until they're allowed back in Camelot. Basically, there's a pot fig of it. I will find it again. I will link it. I promise. That's amazing. <laughs> it's very, it's very funny. It's very funny. I'm pretty sure I recommended it before, but I don't remember in what episode. 
but it's like it's awesome. Okay, Gwen in fix, Merwain in fix. What are some some tropes and devices that we that we've noticed? I mean, one I mentioned one already, and I know it's the one that is the biggest pet peeve of most Merwain shippers. It's um, Merlin being heartbroken over Arthur being consoled by Gwen, basically using Gwen as a as a substitute for Arthur or as second choice to Arthur or like also Merlin is with Gwen as a first choice but then meets Arthur and then breaks up with Gwen to be with Arthur instead and I also know uh, one of the things is Gwen being the one to pine for Merlin not Merlin being the one to pine for Gwen and then there's one um, that I think I've seen is Gwen being the one who flirts with everyone so Merlin doesn't take his flirting seriously when it's directed at Merlin. Right. Like, I can I can easily see that, but I don't know if I've actually read that or if I just imagine having read that <laughs> because I feel like this is something that fandom would easily catch, uh, latch onto and then use. Funnily enough, I kind of don't see that from his character. I, f- I kind of feel like he's the kind of guy that you can... Well, not in, not in canon. Not in canon, yeah, obviously. But okay. I, we're talking fandom now. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I, I guess. I find that apart from the Playboy thing, though, his personality is pretty consistent, in my opinion. Like, I don't really see much... De- like, And truth be told, I haven't seen a huge amount of him in in fic um the most i've probably seen of him has been in intended um and then there's um uh a couple of others i think he's the uh maybe the second most i've seen him is in the sex shop around the corner where he's merlin's best friend and they're very handsy and very cute together best friends and arthur's like they're clearly together and but obviously they're not yeah um and i feel like from the very few um, versions is, of... By the way, this is a trope... Sorry for interrupting you guys. Yeah, of course. This is, by the way, a trope I have seen several times in Mirtha fanfic where Merlin and Gwen are such good friends that Arthur assumes that they are fucking or dating and then finds out later that they're not. Mm. But, like, I've definitely seen this trope in Mirtha fic a lot. Well, not a lot, but definitely more than one. Mm. All right, back to... Sorry, oh no, that's saying. fine. I was um I was I was just literally going to say that I feel like in terms of his personality, I find that the few times I've seen him it's it's pretty consistent apart from the Playboy thing which I think you can still make a very tenuous link back to the show, but obviously it's a family show so they can't show as much, but I feel like apart from that, I think the whole him being very very handsy and doting on Merlin is very true. I think him pining over Merlin is very true. <laughs> yeah. I think him being a soft boy is very true. And um, yeah, I don't see any major differences. I think people actually write him pretty pretty genuine. Um, and the tropes that are used for their relationship, I think, are pretty accurate to the way that they kind of are on the show, except for when they're actually together, Merlin, you know, is is interested, like in intended. <laughs> He's yeah. actually interested in yeah. in, Gwen. in Gwen. For Gwen, yes. And like, um, yeah, I feel like 
in actually one thing i will say is in thick he's portrayed um as being quite self-confident like for example i know in uh and i mean i mean this doesn't mean he's necessarily self-confident but in uh every story is a love story i think he's a model which obviously i think just says you know one thing about the kind of you know maybe the way he sees himself like if he was super self-conscious maybe he wouldn't mm-hmm. have gone into modeling he's very you know inintended he's very much like you know oh should we go to you know that that coffee shop and that'll be our second date and when Arthur shows up crying and snotty he's basically just I think he's just sitting there like shirtless and Merlin's like please just put something on because he's a small boy and he can't deal with this <laughs> and like in the show though I feel like he's actually quite modest like we never see him be vain in any way apart from like other people tease him about it like in season five Gwen is like um or I think one of the knights is like oh has Gwen told you who he's in love with and and Gwen's like himself and he kind of like laughs but doesn't say anything and there's actually a heartbreaking gift set that I have on my um on my blog I'm gonna have to dig it up where there's a gift set of like them saying that and then like the the upper left hand corner is like has Gwen told you who he's in love with and then like the bottom right hand corner is Gwen saying himself and in between there's all gifts of Gwen looking at Merlin and oh it's... my god <laughs> why would you hurt me like this so painful. to be honest there is a case to be made for Gwen very much not being vain or much into grooming himself with the scene in I forgot what it is probably season four when they're going against Annis in uh his father's son or what the episode yeah, is called. Yeah, yeah, where yeah. they're sitting around the fire and everyone is like, No, Gwen, don't take off your shoes, you you your feet stink or something. Like yeah, that, isn't that the darkest hour part two just before Merlin shows I up? Don't, I don't remember. Might be. That might be. I don't remember which one it is. Yeah. Um but I'm just like, if Gwen were truly a vain character, this would not be happening to him. He would be very aware of how he smells at all times. Yeah. But I feel like it's also kind of not just the physical thing, but yeah, like I said, this this kind of confidence from within, which I don't really think he has. Like I said, he's very much the kind of guy that is like, oh, you know, if people get sick of me too quickly, like... I don't really want to stick around and like have people get sick of me. Whereas, yeah, in Fick, I feel like he's very confident of his place in Merlin's life mm-hmm. or in Arthur's life because even though technically this is written pre-Canon Gwen, I think the version of Gwen we have in the Student Prince is creepily accurate to show Gwen. Yeah. <laughs> like it's so crazy. There is, there is. This is not Mer Wayne. I recommended this, uh, this series in our Gwen episode, the Leon Knightley series, which is a Gwen Leon. Uh, fix serious um, but in that one Gwen I mean it is told from Leon's point of view but you can tell even then that Gwen he is sort of self-confident he is not he is not really vain he's like he's messy he leaves the, the their shared uh, dormitory room in a complete mess all the time <laughs> um, and uh yeah, he he will walk around in his underwear and and scratch himself in inappropriate places and all of this. Like he is, he, he's just he's just a boy basically. <laughs> <laughs> and um, but and and he will act very confident and and brash and brazen all the time. But you can tell that a lot of the times 
he actually is not he is very vulnerable where his feelings are concerned and i love that i love that characterization of Gwen because i think that is very true he will act brash and brazen and pretend to be confident and not give a damn but underneath it all where the people he cares about are concerned it very much matters to him what they think of that of him and that they think well of him and if they don't or if he fears that they might not it will hurt him and i feel like that is very accurate to to ken and Gwen. absolutely <laughs> see, now, see now now the, now we have the reverse of the of the Gwen episode which had turned into a merwin episode now we're doing the merwin episode and it's turning into a Gwen episode <laughs> but we yeah i mean <laughs> the irony you know it's uh, guys we never promised that we had our shit together okay <laughs> we very much Definitely don't <laughs> like at all yeah. Let's let's pretend to have some sort of structure. And if in... I may, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no. Yes, I. You know, I I promised you I'd make one segue. It's almost like Wayne is characterizing Freddie Mercury in that way. <laughs> oh, oh my god! <laughs> By making sure that he is as brash and as brazen as possible, but actually being a soft boy who must be protected at all costs. That's that is that is actually accurate. Also, very bisexual. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I I will agree that Freddie and Gwen have very similar character traits in this regard. Yes. Soft boy. Beautiful. Th- thank you for making me sad again. <laughs> I thought that they also both died before their time. Oh God. You no. had to make me say it, didn't you? No, <laughs> I thought we agreed that Quain was asleep. Yes, yes. Freddie's asleep too. It's fine. It's all good. Well, since we were already talking about Quain only sleeping, let's talk about head cannons because Quain is asleep. <laughs> because Quain and Vernon are living happily ever after because Quain is only sleeping. Quain only fell asleep. He like. Okay, he he blacked out from pain, okay? And then uh, instead of going after Morgana or... Well, that's why we never see Percival again. You know, he he rides after Morgana. Then he's like, I'm an idiot. I should go back and take Gwen back to Camelot. So he turns around, picks up Gwen, takes him back to Camelot. And that's where Gwen is nursed back to health by Gaius. Yeah. And he's, on, and he's sleeping when... Uh, Leon proclaims that the king is dead, and that's why he's not in the Great Hall with the others. Yeah, that's I I that's my that's my reality. I will accept nothing else. I mean, I would like to think that that could happen, but that's not my head canon. <laughs> it's mm, yeah. Okay, what's your what's your head? Well, canon? I just I've um I've recently because I you know I I don't like picking sides like at all and if there's one thing i've learned is that when you can't pick a side a threesome will do so i basically headcanon them as polly all three of them beautiful beautiful boys and i think it works because i think there are times when merlin is like being a bit too easy on arthur and you can see that like in eye of the phoenix like when arthur taps him on the arm and merlin's just happy to be in his presence (laughs) and quaint's like Merlin, you need to be real right now. And I think that even though Gwen, like, I can't decide if Gwen, like, 
if it would be a situation where there'd be an equal kind of thing going on. I don't think Gwen is like romantic about Arthur. I'll be quite honest with you. I know some people see it. I don't really see it, but I think that there would be probably a situation where obviously they're both in love with Merlin and Merlin's in love with both of them and they probably fancy one another, but I don't think they're in love with one another. So I think it's a dynamic that would work really well because Gwen would like for sure put Arthur in his place and be like, listen, <laughs> you need to stop. And um yeah, even though it's not like my like I think that like obviously my head canon for Martha isn't necessarily that, that that's how they end up but I think for Gwen like I just think it's the best thing for him <laughs> I think it would be really sweet um if not that then for Merlin and Gwen I just uh it, I can't really give them an end game hent canon though because like Martha and I hate myself for it. I mean, your headcanon could literally just be that Merlin did reveal his magic to Gwen and we just never, it was just never acknowledged on the show. Yeah. Like, this would be my second headcanon that, um, because the headcanons, they have to actually fit in with what we see on the show. Sort of. That's why they, that's why they're headcanons. I guess they they still have to fit into the realm of canon and make sense of it. Yeah. Or like still make sense within the confines of that. And, you know, Um, that's that's true. I guess I, oh God. Yeah. I mean, I guess I would have liked, you know, Merlin to reveal his magic to Gwen. But then again, I think that because I'm a big fan of tragedy, I think even though it sucks, I do like, that it ended up the way that it did because it makes it more sad for Merlin as a character. And I think that easing his burden would have been the easy way out. I think, um, I don't think that it would have worked. And to be fair, he'd never told Lancelot about his magic. Lancelot just found out because he was yelling magic spells in the middle of Camelot. And Fair enough. But then why could Gwen never find out? Because Merlin still was yelling magic spells all the time. Because Gwen literally doesn't hear or see anything when he's around Merlin. All he hears is, I've been dreaming of a true love's kiss. <laughs> That's all he hears. When he's around Merlin, so how could he possibly? No, you know, hear? you know what he, you know what he hears. What? Love of. No, me. I knew you were gonna do it. I could feel it, and I refuse to let you continue. <laughs> well, I couldn't sing anything else, and I anyway, I know this one line: how to sing it and the About, lyrics. I don't want to die. Sometimes I wish I'd never been born at all. No. That is Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, and it w- fits very well for Queen. <laughs> it's savage, yes. but it fits very it's... well for Queen. Oh my god! So you think? Well, we already established that. Nice. So for Merlin and Gwen, you have. So you think you can love me and leave me to die? Oh my god! There you go, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! What is the matter with us? And this week on Merlisten, we tried to fit as many Bohemian Rhapsody references into the episode as we possibly can. I, Guys, if anyone wants me to bid Merlin to Bohemian Rhapsody, I will do it. I, I, I want you to do it. Yeah, like, but like Jen, and then yeah, I can put like everyone in there. Um, yeah, yeah I, I need to, to do it. I need to get okay, well, because actually, I it's only six minutes. Only <laughs> I pity your wife if you think, okay, no, I have to stop. 
I have to stop quoting this groupie. <laughs> I love yes, instead, instead, tell me your favorite quote for Merwain. Uh, it is, I stepped in to protect Merlin. Like, when, when they're asking him why he did what he did and he answers that, and I'm like, Gwen, literally no one in this room knows who Merlin is. <laughs> like, <they don't, laughs> like, Uther barely knows who Merlin is. But he, and even if they do, they don't care. But he feels that he's so important. He mentions him by name as the reason he'd be up a night. That's my favorite Merwain quote. Yeah. I, I'm going to use one that you mentioned earlier. It's, uh, I never stay in one place for too long. People get sick of me. And Merlin says, I didn't. Because that is actually a nice thing that Merlin says to Gwen. <laughs> when Gwen is being self-deprecating and Merlin is just like, don't be like that. I love you. So that's that's why I like it. Can you? So what's? Uh, can we just please for a second think about the beauty that would have happened had for some reason Arthur not been in the picture and one day Merlin had woken up and realized how in love with Gwen he was and can we just talk about how nothing would ever upset Gwen ever again once they got together because he would barely be able to believe it was happening. Like yes, just. Ah, so beautiful. absolutely beautiful. Yeah, I see. I managed yeah. to bring it back to something happy. Oh, wonderful! So, give me your favorite episode for them. I mean, yes. Uh, to be honest with you, the only two worth talking about are four and eight. But I think, yeah, I like. I mean, there's also something to be said for Diamond of Today Part One. I suppose, but I think that. What I love most, like by like like I said, by eight it was kind of getting a bit angsty for me. I think four, it's just the yeah that kind of oh like like basically that thing of like true love starts with who the fuck is this? Like it's that kind of situation, and mm-hmm. um I think it's the whole thing of like when Gwen stretches out in Merlin's bed and is like, well your chances look like you know slim to none. I guess I just like the look of those odds, and Merlin like. Colin is so great like he gives like he kind of cocks his head and narrows his eyes as if to be like I'm trying to figure you out but I think I like it and it's just yeah and it's yeah I think four is is the best for them for sure yeah four and I also do like um episode eight or ten whatever however you want to count them um Eye of the Phoenix um because it is their best episodes like for their relationship and just for for all these little things you mentioned, like basically the entirety of of three four of the episode Wayne is literally the best thing to ever happen. Yes, <laughs> to this pairing. But then also what I appreciate about the Eye of the Phoenix is Merlin specifically going to find Wayne to help him with this. Like there was no one else in Camelot, right in front of his door. That he trusted to go with him to find Arthur and protect him. He was like, hmm, I need to go find Arthur and protect him. What am I going to do? Well, I'm going to make a detour, figure out where in what tavern Gwen is these days, and take him along. (laughs) How did he even find him so quickly? Like, does Gwen regularly send him carrier pigeons with like all right this is my next tavern schedule i've been in these ones last week i'm gonna be in these ones in the next two weeks come and find me whenever you like and i'm just like how the fuck did Merlin find him so fast 
I think that well, he says I've been I've been in almost every tavern in Angered, so I can only imagine that Angered is not very big. <laughs> like it's literally like the size of the Eldor. <laughs> Probably. But how does he know even in what place to look? Like I'm guessing it's the neighboring all, kingdom to Camelot. All all he knew was that Gwen was not going to be in Camelot because he was banished from Camelot. But like there are many kingdoms surrounding Camelot. <laughs> It was any kingdom. You know what it is, don't you, Momo? Step one, have no idea where he is. <laughs> Step two, look in every tavern in the vicinity. Step three, eternal love. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's what it is. So yeah, that those are the things that I appreciate about this episode. Just Merlin being like fuck it all, I'm gonna go find Gwen and then save Arthur, because that's clearly the obvious choice to make here. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Favorite scene? Um, I, I don't know. Um, You go first. Okay. My favorite scene is well, it's probably more a sequence of events. It's uh, Diamond of the Day Part 1. And Gwen literally dropping everything. Like, even fighting a war for his king. In order to go with Merlin and help him do whatever it is Merlin needs doing. Because Merlin isn't telling fuck all about <laughs> what he's actually needing to do. All Merlin says, asks is, like, can you accompany me and, and protect me? And Gwen is like, fuck yeah! <laughs> Uh, I'm all about that. I'm all about that. Um, I don't want to be like super cliche though and pick the you're the only friend I've got scene, but it is the one that was the most shippy for them. Yeah. Um, but I have a couple of moments that I like, and the first one is in Darkest Hour Part One when Merlin sees the knights through the grate trying to steal the food from the kitchen, and Gwen's like the yeah. one that's kind of like thumbs up like don't rat us out and Merlin's smiling at him and it's the last time he was ever soft with Gwen <laughs> like that was it <laughs> thanks for reminding me ah. and then I also love um I mean Merlin's not even in the scene but yeah it's that thing of like where he's getting dressed and Aira's like oh where are you going he's like I have to help Merlin he's like literally leaving a girl like to go and <laughs> do something for Merlin like were you thinking about him while you were like having coffee <laughs> like like he's on right. your mind immediately after it's almost as bad as <laughs> Arthur saying Merlin's name while he's in bed with his wife it's like <laughs> yeah. and then favorite fan work I guess it's probably intended to be quite honest with you um I don't really like have anything else that stands out in my memory for Merwain Apart from that, to be quite honest with you, yeah, I like I like intended a lot for them. And to my chagrin, I haven't really read much Merwain only fic, and I will have to get on that. I, but I find it difficult. Like I've listened to Honorable Intentions by Lunchy, which we wrecked for the uh, the Gwen um, episode, and I found it difficult to listen to because it's platonic Mirtha, and I'm like, I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. So I actually find it quite hard to re uh, read Endgame Merwain, but I'm going to try, guys, because they're so beautiful. So, yeah, intended. It's still gorgeous, but the OTP belongs where it belongs. So there you go. See, for me, it is that 
a you version of Intended that lives inside my head. Where Merlin and Gwen stayed together and were happy, and I maybe started a, a threesome with Arthur later on. When Arthur oh, was I old love enough. that idea. So there is uh, a fan art by an artist that uh, both Rox and I will wreck later on in in the podcast. Uh, who uh, goes by Who the Buck Draws on Tumblr, who once uh, drew a request by me, and uh, my request was Half-Naked Merwain would be a delight. And, uh, yeah, so it's Merlin and Gwen in their underwear, Merlin wearing Gwen's necklace, and Gwen wearing Merlin's neckerchief. And, like, uh... Merlin sits between Gwen's legs. They're both looking towards the camera. Like Merlin is facing it full, full on, and Gwen is like half sitting, wrapped around Merlin, just uh, with one eye towards the camera. And it's just, yeah, that is that is a very good, very good picture, especially because they're both almost naked in it, <laughs> and also very hot. Yes. Okay. Let me give you some some statistics. I know Rox doesn't care. But no, other it's people not do. that. I yes, you do looking... every time. Every single time I mention statistics, you go boo. So uh, clearly you don't care. Don't try to convince me otherwise now. I am actually looking forward to finding out about some Moane specific content. I am. I promise. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. So the attack is Gwen slash Merlin, and then in parenthesis Merlin. They have 921 works on AO3, 504 if you exclude Mirtha, which I think is a pretty good ratio, actually. It's still more than half. That is purely Merwain. Like, many, many other pairings don't have the luxury of having that good a ratio of fixed being with Merthyr and being without Merthyr. So I just want to want to say that 921 works with Merthyr and still 504 without Merthyr. And then obviously, as always, this is my disclaimer that for the top five categories coming up, I try to pick works that are exclusively Merwain, either as endgame or as a major part of the story. But if for some reason the summary and author's note and general description by tags and tag uh, pairing tags led me astray and these aren't actual Merwain works, I am sorry, I did my best. So the top five by Kudos. The first one is actually a fan art, which is called An Alternate Path, drawn by Bad Penny Girl. I know, Rox, you recently reblogged that one, actually. Um, it's a fan art with an AU idea in which Merlin uh, hurt himself cutting something with a knife. Or maybe hurting himself deliberately, I don't remember. And then Gwen um, carries him and wraps Merlin's neckerchief around his wound. Oh, I'm going to be wrecking that fan art. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, like, as she's that's... describing it, I'm like, that sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, and that is that is the, the Merwain work. With the most kudos on AO3. It has over 1,300 kudos. And it was published in June 2013 on AO3. Then there is a second one. is Dirty Rotten Scoundrel by Matchsticks P. Which is about 205k long. It was published in May 
and it has just under 1,300 kudos. Third one is, we already mentioned it, Honorable Intentions by Smile Backwards, which is a cute canon fake from author's point of view in which he wants to make sure that Gwen has honorable intentions towards Merlin. It's about 2,000 words long. It was published in 2011 and has also just under 1,300 kudos. Then the f in fourth place is Talk Sense to a Fool and He Calls You Foolish by the Rickenbach event. The this story is nearly 99,000 words long. It was published in January 2016 and completed a year later. And it has 1,150 kudos. I need to read this, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I think I do too. <laughs> <laughs> and the fifth one with the most kudos is Gwen, or Good in Everyone, by Janice Starr, which is 48,000 words long and was published in October 2012 and only has 724 kudos. Then we have the top five by comments. Some of these will be repeated. Like, talk sense to a fool and he calls you foolish, the 99k long thing. It has 222 comments. Then in uh, second place is For the Love of All Who Gather by Nebula5030, which is 92,000 words long. <laughs> it was published in September this year. I think that's a that's an ACBB fic. Like a, a Big Bang fic from this year. I'm not entirely sure, but I... Uh, Either that or I wrote down the date wrong. And it has 220 comments in just two months. So that's great. Then in third place, Written in the Moon by... Uh, sorry, I always probably fail to pronounce your name. It's uh, Peladrin, I think. By 6,000 words long, published in February last year. Has 92 comments. So that's a big drop from over 200 to under 100. Then there is Along a Wandering Wind written by Hope, which is 63,500 words long, more or less, was published in June 2011, so a long time ago, and only has 88 comments. What's with all these long Wayne fakes not having more comments or kudos? <laughs> there needs to be more of us reading these, clearly. And the fifth one is A New Day, written by Hershey-Chan, which is 19.5k long. It was Published in January 2017 and last updated in June 2017 and is still unfinished, unfortunately. It has 75 comments. And then the oldest on the archive is a story called Breathing Spell by LD. It is 10.5k long and it was published on the 8th of November in 2010. And the newest one is called Love by Hecate Trivia. It is 200 words long and it was published on the 3rd of November, which as of today was three days ago. Okay, the longest fic, the longest Merwain fic on the archive. Again, this is only ever archive specific, not Merlin fandom overall specific, because I have not yet figured out a way to measure all the fanfic in all the fandom across all the platforms. If someone figures out how to do this without counting everything manually. Please enlighten me. Anyway, the longest story is called Hunger by Each Peach Pear Plum. It is, hold on to your seats, 
242,000 words long. It's the second part in the secrets verse. I do not know what the secrets verse is, but I obviously need to read it. It started posting in 2013 and was last updated in summer 2017 and it is still unfinished. Oh, that's why I'm not reading it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be such a purist. (laughs) Give it a go. (laughs) And then, okay, the shortest one. This is interesting. Technically, the shortest story is a story in Chinese with 79 words according to AO3. And I can't tell you the title because it's in Chinese and I don't read Chinese. It was written by Syrielek. Sorry, I probably also mispronounced this. And was published in October this year. And the second longest one is, ironically, in French. And it has 94 words. And it's called Plus Jamais, written by Matt Amethyst. And was published in February 2016. So there you go. The two shortest stories in for this pairing are both not English. Woo! <laughs> I find that in- See, I find that interesting, for example. These are the kinds of things I find out when I... Uh, assemble these statistics and I'm just like wow for some reason I find this interesting why is why is it working like this okay now the really fun part of this podcast Rex I actually have quite a few good <laughs> do you want to start um yeah I guess uh I haven't put anything uh in my notes because I kind of I I wrecked a lot of Merwain stuff for the Gwen episode when we weren't originally going to be doing this episode. So I kind of shot myself in the foot, but that's fine because I can kind of wreck some other stuff. So um, I'm going to wreck a vid, uh, which is uh, uh, called Rubik's Cube. And I'll be honest, I can't remember the name of the video, but it makes no difference because it will be linked for you guys so you can enjoy it from the link on the website. And it's really, really cute. It's... um. A really lovely vid. It's quite short. I think it's like just over a minute long or something, and I really, really like it. And then my other three wrecks are uh, fan art, uh, which doesn't usually happen, but Moain has such lovely fan art. It kind of seems a shame not to mention it. So the first one is the one that Momo already mentioned, which was drawn by Penny. Was it Penny's? Oh, uh, Penny, Penny something. Penny's Four Uh, Eyes, yeah. And I, I actually really like fan art that's really realistic. Like, that's kind of my thing. I like it when it looks really true to the characters. And this fan art definitely does. It just looks so much like Owen and Colin. Like, I love it. And, um, yeah, I love that Gwen is, like, carrying Merlin. Oh, it's just it's just lovely. Um, the second one that I have to uh, talk about is... So I think the artist is called beanster pie or beanster pea or something like that very bad at this kind of thing (laughs) but um it's uh slightly more cartoonish style like not cartoonish at all but like more than the one i mentioned before and it's uh basically a fan art of like imagine that it's like a camera facing like a window of camelot it's two windows side by side merlin's like leaning out of one gwen's leaning out of the other and gwen's passing a bunch of flowers like through the outside bit to Merlin and Merlin's looking all flustered and Gwen's like, how you doing? <laughs> and it's, <laughs> and it's really sweet. Um, and then the third one, Momo, was this by the artist uh, uh, that you said, who the fuck draws? Was it that one? Who the buck draws? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and it's a fan art, which is kind of like 
like three small drawings in one and it's Merlin's uh, Merlin revealing his magic to Gwen. So it shows them in black and white and Merlin has like a flame in his hand. And then like the next few images are basically Gwen, like just giving Merlin a kiss, which is like, you know, obviously him just accepting Merlin for who he is. And it's just lovely. And I really like it. So <laughs> yeah. um, those are my recs for, for Merwain. There you go. Yeah. So my, my first strike is basically just this artist uh, who the buck draws uh, because their their drawings in general are very pretty and they do quite a lot of Merwain and it's always just absolutely gorgeous. I, I love it. And um, yeah, so go go check them out on Tumblr, whothebuckdraws.tumblr.com. And then I have um, two fanwits. Today I will be the one wrecking fanwits. <laughs> I, I looked them up uh, earlier at work, um, so I've only watched them like once, but I was like, I watched them and I, I sort of liked them. The first one is called I Want to Do Bad Things With You. I uh, know that but, song. <laughs> but, yeah, it's uh, it was the, the opening song to True Blood, or was used as the opening song to True Blood, uh, when that show still was a thing that existed. And the vitter is called the strange elf, and um, unfortunately the the video quality, like the, the the yeah the actual video quality, isn't that great. And like the it was published in two thousand and ten, and the vitter in their comment they were like, YouTube has killed the quality of my video. It does um, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it it definitely did that eight years ago, probably. Um, but yeah, which would explain why this song was used, because eight years ago, True Blood was still airing. <laughs> and yeah, it's basically um, just uh, scenes of Gwen and Merlin to that song where, with a lot of innuendo and just, you know, basically telling you they want to fuck. And I found this very amusing. And the second one is called Dropped by the Snow White Queen 21 and okay I'm just gonna read you the summary for this one uh, because it describes it it describes it best it's Merlin is secretly hooking up with Gwen and no one knows except Gwen who tells Arthur that Merlin is meeting a girl Arthur thinks back and realizes who this girl is and teases Merlin about it so this is this is a bit of an AU and it's it's quite funny and also also very cute with like uh framed by Gwen mentioning this girl to Arthur and then uh all these shots of Merlin and Gwen doing things together and and trying to be sneaky and it's it's very it's very cute so these are my two fan vid wrecks and then I have a couple of thick wrecks as well the first one is safe words by Lishi Bebes also part faked by uh Leshy or Lishi babies. I don't I don't remember how they pronounce their own name. I'm sorry. It's a three-part series. Two of these parts are perfect. The third one isn't perfect. It's uh rated explicit. The entire series is somewhere around 11,000 words long overall. It's modern AU. It's an established relationship Merwain and uh it's a dom sub story. Like it's not a dom it's not a BDSM AU, like it's not where everyone is either a dom or a sub, but they, but Merlin and, and Gwen are a dom and a sub, and Merlin is the dom and Gwen is the sub. 
and Gwen is in is into receiving pain a lot and being challenged by Merlin and being praised by Merlin and the like literally the first story in the series is in which Gwen uses a safe word and then they have a very healthy uh conversation about why Gwen used a safe word and how to improve on that in the future and uh all of that and then the second one I think is a sort of uh prequel to that or maybe it's the other way around I forget one story definitely is Quain actually safe wording and another story is um sort of from from the beginnings of their of their relationship when they st- first started scening together and the third one I think I haven't read yet but I will because the first two were really good the second one I want to wreck is Five times Merlin performs magic in front of Gwen by Beware the Smirk, Potfig by Sofinispa. It is explicit, it's roughly 2,000 words long, it's a canon AU in which Gwen finds out about Merlin's magic and is utterly supportive and also amazed and also quite kind of worried because Merlin just keeps using his magic in front of other people. <laughs> <laughs> And the third one is Waking Up With You Hiding In My Bones by Growlery, Potfig by Fire Juggler. It's 500 words long. It's rated mature. It was written for uh, a pornathon back in the day when pornathon still existed. Nowadays it's porn a lot, but back in then it was pornathon. It's a high school AU where they are best friends and Gwen sleeps over at Merlin's place and overhears Merlin having an erotic dream and then cue pining and fantasizing from grain about merlin and the last one is actually my favorite out of all these stories it's called ever more and more by matchsticks p also part fake by sophie it's about four thousand words long it's only rated gen but it's so cute it's a canon fic and the premise is that merlin gets a week off from arthur so he can visit his mother in ealdor and then Gwen is like, you can't send him to Yeldo by himself. There are ruffians in the woods. Merlin isn't safe. I demand to be assigned as his escort. And Arthur is like, I can't assign a knight as an escort for a servant. Don't be absurd. And then the next day, Gwen demands in front of Arthur and Uther that he needs to go to Yaldo for a very important errand and he demands that Merlin, since he has a week off and nothing to do, attend to him as his servant on the way. <laughs> and then they go to Yaldo together and it's... Sneaky and like, boy. Gawain is utterly chivalrous and just really sweet around Merlin and also with his mother and it's just... Um, there's a very funny moment where Hunis is like, Martin, every time you come to visit, you bring one of these dashing, good-looking young knights. Are you... And then she implies, like, basically, are you a prostitute, Merlin? <laughs> <laughs> what does Gwen have to say about that? Gwen doesn't hear her say uh... it. <laughs> They're watching... They are watching him chop wood shirtless, I think. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Or at the very least, they're watching him chop wood. I'm not sure if he's shirtless while he does it, but they're definitely watching him chop wood. And she's and who is just like Merlin? You always come up with these dashing, good-looking knights. 
Are you telling me that Hooneth basically is like Arthur and intended being like, he's so hot. <laughs> basically. And, and Gwen keeps flirting with Hooneth just to be charming. It's just, it's perfect. This is like, this is one, I know it's only rated Jen, but it is so good. You should definitely listen to it. It's, is it like Canon Moen though, or is it like just friends? It's Canon Moen. Like it's, uh, they are like, it starts out with them as friends, but then Merlin definitely has this, like they're standing oh, on the way to Ialda, they're standing very close to each other because Gwen had gone off to, to find firewood and uh, then Merlin kept uh, prepared the, the fireplace, uh, like the, 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 what is it called? <laughs> the campfire? The campfire, thank you. <laughs> I, could, I couldn't remember the word. The campfire. And um, Gwen comes back and Merlin stands up and turns around and Gwen is suddenly very close to him and, and talks to him. And Merlin is like, he kind of wishes Gwen would just uh, ravish him on the forest floor. But Gwen Oh my, that. okay. <laughs> that's, that's, because, yeah. and, and Gwen is like, no Merlin, <laughs> I will court you like a proper gentleman. Does he say that? <laughs> No, he, I don't think he actually says that, but it's like, that's what he means. He he oh. says some things and then he's basically like, no, Mona, we will do this right. Oh my God, that is like extremely interesting to me. Yeah, so I, it's, it's so good. It is honestly, it's so good. Everyone should read it or listen to it because it's like, I think you should listen to it because the outrage in Merlin's voice when Hunith asks him, basically whether he's a prostitute and goes what no <laughs> yes so definitely check that one out that is my final wreck for this episode and that means we actually have reached the end the end of merwain how sad well, at least the end of the episode not the end of merwain merwain lives eternal you know i will say one thing for this ship that i think and maybe I'm wrong, and if so, and I mean, if I am, please do correct me on this, guys. But there's something about this ship that I have a feeling that there's no one that dislikes Moain. Like, even if you're, it's not your OTP, are there really people out there that don't ship it a little bit? I think it's the ship that kind of unites this fandom in a really <laughs> weird way. Do you not think? I don't. I don't know. I'm pretty sure there are people out there who just don't ship slash on principle like even if they were able to sort of acknowledge that you know there's chemistry there they still don't ship slash because they don't like it okay or... but it's not like okay but in that case then they won't be getting into a mirtha fight either so it's not no, like, that's true yeah that is true and i feel like even people that otp for mirtha like i don't think i've ever met anyone actually that dislike that that like doesn't like Merwain like you can't help it even if you're like me and you don't want Merlin with anyone else you actually can't help it. <laughs> it's just the best thing so I really hope that we did your ship justice guys if you OTP for Merwain because we really do like it and in an ideal world if soulmates didn't exist in Merlin then they would be together but I can't spoiler alert soulmates don't exist in Merlin they do because two sides of the same coin it's basically what he's saying so that has been our episode on Merwain and next time in two weeks, we are going to take a look at canon era fanfics. 
and for this episode we will have guests. In fact, we are recording this episode right now, while this episode that you've just listened to airs on the 11th of November. Well, Inception <laughs> happening again. <laughs> exactly. And until you get to listen to what we're recording at the moment, I'm Momotastic. And I'm Miss Snowfox. Bye, guys. Bye.